So today we celebrate the feast day of our patron, St. John of Shanghai. And I wanted today to meditate with you on a couple of orthodox words. Uh, Orthodoxy has a whole vocabulary of its own, which uh, as a convert to orthodoxy, I I must admit I found frustrating at times. It's like, ah, why do I have to learn all these different words just to just to come and worship in the church? But then, of course, as I as I grew in in the faith, I, I realized no, there's there's certain concepts, certain ideas, even certain things that are unique to our church, uh, and so we have these words that have been passed down to us from generation to generation that you know just don't. We, there's there's just no other equivalent. Like uh, we don't have an English word uh, really for slanty table that we put the icons on. Uh, so we have, you know, orthodox words. It's an analog, uh, or an analogia. Um, uh, the two words I want to, us to consider today uh, in the context of this life of St. John of Shanghai are akravia and economia. Now, these two words are generally used uh, when we're talking about canon law. That's the how we apply the rules of the church. Uh, Akravia can be loosely translated strictness. And so I guess economia can be loosely translated uh, looseness. Uh, I don't think that works very well, as, as, we'll, as we'll see as we, as we consider the, the word uh, a little more. But I think these, while they are, these two words are, are valuable in terms of uh, uh, applying to canon law, they're also valuable in terms of applying to ourselves and how we are to live. And we see this in the life of St. John of Shanghai. Uh, He was somebody who took, when he took on a discipline, whether that was a spiritual discipline or, uh, or just a work, he did it without stinting, without compromising. He did it with strictness, with akravia. So for example, uh, he never slept in a bed. I, I, went after, I assume after he became a monk. Uh, um, uh, probably slept in a bed before then. Uh, it, when, whenever he slept, he would sleep sitting up. Uh, if, it, if, if he had something like semi-comfortable, like a, a, a lazy boy where you could like sit back a little and recline, uh, not, maybe not fully recline, but you know, he, he, he would certainly uh, do that, but and and allow himself that, but he didn't actually lie down to sleep for his entire life. Um, he was also known uh, uh, in in various locations uh, uh, in in France, for example, he was known as uh, Saint Jean Saint Jean de Nupier, uh, or well, he didn't call him a saint at that point, Jean de Nupier, uh, um, John the Barefoot, uh, because he would go around uh, barefoot even in some of the coldest weather. It was a discipline that he took on, uh, and and at one point uh, I, he was he was told by by um, I guess somebody higher up than he than he in in the Episcopal authority that he needed to have shoes for liturgy, and so he he he's like okay, so he took some shoes and he kind of tied them, hung them around his neck, and then and then after liturgy gave them away to somebody who obviously needed a pair of shoes. Uh, um, so he was very strict with himself in terms of these disciplines. Even when it came to uh, uh, um, uh, projects that he had under- undertaken, 
so for example, uh, when he became the, the Bishop of Shanghai uh, to minister to the Russian uh, community there that had fled from the revolution and would shortly be fleeing again from the communist revolution in China, um, he, he, one of the things that he ended up doing was starting a, an orphanage. He did it basically just because it needed to be done. There were all sorts of orphans on the streets of Shanghai that needed, and, and, and even not necessarily orphans, but like needy children uh, um, who just needed somebody to look after them. And so he stepped into the gap and he, he started out with eight orphans. And by the time they left, they had over 3,000 orphans in the orphanages. Um, uh, the, so it was a difficult and, and challenging proposition. You had all these kids from all sorts of different backgrounds. There was one, one, one young man who, was, who had seen his, uh, his um, forgive me, mother and father torn apart in front of him, wouldn't speak a word to anybody. And they didn't even know he, he was a Russian child, but they didn't even know he was Russian because he just kind of grunted and hissed at everybody uh, because he, he, he had been so completely traumatized. Uh, and St. John came to this young man and he looked at him where he was being restrained uh, and basically said, you have lost your father. I will be a father to you. And from that moment on, he spoke. Uh, so he, he, there, there were, and there were um, people on the streets of Shanghai who, um, you know, women with problems with alcohol who were, um, well, not taking care of their children. So one, one night as St. John was going out, um, he, uh, uh, he heard one of these women, and there was a crying of a baby in a back alleyway out in. And so he, he gestured to somebody to get him a bottle of alcohol. And he made signs to the mother. I, I assume it was the mother. Uh, um, and said, deal, essentially, and traded the bottle of alcohol for the child. This is one of those things where, you know, is this the right thing to do? Is this completely within the rules? I mean, normally we don't buy babies for a bottle of alcohol. But the fact that the mother was willing to give up the baby for the bottle of alcohol showed just how she was, how low she had fallen, and how dangerous this situation was for the child. And so St. John took that and applied, in this case, not ekravia, not strictness. That was what he applied to himself and his endeavors, but applied economia, applied the sort of uh, grace, if you will. Uh, economia, the, the literal translation, and I think this is useful, the literal translation of economia, from which, of course, we get our English word economy, is the management of the household. And one thing that we find when we are managing a household or just managing to like live life in interaction with other people in general is it's difficult. It's challenging. And we often need in our interactions, particularly with other people, to take those rules that we do need to be strict about. 
We do need to be strict about them from our perspective, as in terms of they, uh, how we apply them to us, as we see in the life of St. John uh, of Shanghai. Um, but when it comes to other people, what do they need? Most often what they need is love, is grace, is someone who, as they are interacting with them, will treat them like a human being. But what we find for ourselves, well, we certainly need all those things for ourselves, uh, we don't necessarily need those things from ourselves. In fact, what we find when we are dealing with our various desires and temptations and things that were initially created good by God, we, we find that when we start to indulge those, it becomes harder and harder not to keep indulging those and to go further and further down whatever path is going to lead us ultimately to potentially to our destruction. Or if not, very often, it doesn't lead us all the way there. But what it often does is as we are just soft on ourselves, what the end result of that is, we end up being selfish. We're, we're focused on the comfort that we want to have for ourselves. And when somebody comes and interacts with us and takes away some of that comfort, what do we do? Oh, we get mad. We get angry, frustrated. But like, this is, this is not how it should be. I should be able to relax at this point. I should be able to have fun at this point. And this is not spiritually healthy for us. And it's not particularly good in terms of our relationship with the other people. What we, so while we, what we want and what we're always happy and joyful to receive is economia, grace, love. But what we need from ourselves is self-discipline, is the ability to say no to our wants and desires. So, to, so that we can fulfill our God-given role of, of serving and, and looking after others. When, when the communists came and drove uh, St. John's community out of, of China, um, he, would, uh, he managed to get them, uh, uh, to, as, they, as they fled, to a refugee camp in the Philippines on an island that was generally ravaged by typhoons. And what St. John did at that point Every single night, he went around the camp praying. Every night, he would go and walk around the camp and pray without fail. And then, when he, uh, when he had to uh, uh, get, find places for his uh, little refugee community to go, he went himself. He went to, to the streets of Washington stood on the steps of the Capitol, Capitol building, uh, dressed in his, uh, in his, um, in his cassock, and, and talked to the uh, politicians and got places for them to come and, and, and settle. Many of them came to, 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 um, to America, some came to Canada, some came to other parts of the world, uh, but he made sure that everybody had a home. And then, when the refugee camp was emptied, the next typhoon that came over leveled the place. But they were protected because of St. John's strictness with himself. 
because uh, and and they were found homes because of his his work to look after them, his care for them. And even as he was as uh, applying this akravya, as I say, to himself, with others, he was more gentle. One of the stories that stands out in my mind, which was told to me, was like they uh, um, they were at a liturgy. And there were altar servers there in the, in the altar, uh, younger than our altar servers. Uh, and and St. John, after the liturgy, uh, which, you know, he, he was pretty strict with, doing things right in liturgy was important. Uh, he he turned to the, to the young altar servers, pulled out some bills from his wallet, gave them to him and said, go to a baseball game or a movie or whatever else. He had this love that characterized absolutely everything that he did, every interaction that he had with those around him. And that's precisely what those around us need. In fact, really, if we think about it, that's what we need. We need to show love. We need to have those relationships with the people around us that are relationships rooted and grounded in love. And as we do so, we are following in the footsteps of our patron, our father among the saints, St. John Chrysostom. We are applying the strictness, the akravia to ourselves, and applying that, that, that grace, that economia to those around us. And as we do so, we too can be like St. John, someone who allows others to experience the love that they need to experience. Someone who looks after and takes care of those who need looking after, who need to be taken care of. And ultimately, we are following not only in his footsteps, but in his footsteps as he followed our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ who, when, we, when he came, did the same. He was strict with himself. He, I always think of that moment when he's uh, trying to get away from the crowds because he's just heard that his, his, his cousin, John the Baptist, has been executed wrongly, completely, completely by the evil Herod. He just wants to get away. And what does he see as he's gone off into the wilderness? He sees a crowd coming over the hills. And his heart goes out to them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he, teach, he taught, he, instead of saying, ah, I just wanted to be alone for a bit. He goes to them. He heals them. He teaches them. He gets his disciples to feed the entirety of the crowd because he loves them. And this, this is the way that we are called to live as followers of Jesus Christ uh, and that we are shown to live by the saints like St. John Chrysostom. Uh, and, and, well, uh, yes, St. John Chrysostom, but St. John Maximovich uh, to his glory, the glory of the Father and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Now, I'd have it into ages.